There we go. So is Roman showering or shitting or eating? I always shower like immediately beforehand so I can get the coffee clams off of me and that I can hopefully clear my head from all of my ADD thoughts in the morning, of which there are always many. Yeah, I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but like coffee... Coffee shuts down my circulation on my hands and feet. So they just become Ooh. little wet ice cubes. Um, I have too much coffee. I get real clammy. Have you tried a morning <clears throat> cocaine instead? Not in a long time. Yeah. Not in a long time. It's harder to get cocaine in quarantine. Yeah. We could have started a whole podcast about trying to find cocaine in quarantine. That's the next one. <laughs> yeah. When we shut down again, eventually, you know. You Dude. just need worse friends. Batman in Quarantine, episode 58? Who knows? Definitely. I thought it was 158. 158. Um, Where every Tuesday we grab a whole bunch of fuck. That's a different podcast. Um, It's Batman in Quarantine. We're going to talk about Batman Incorporated number four from volume one, Grant Morrison. This has got to be what? The first full full Burnham issue in the the Morrison pantheon right yeah did oh yeah he did parts of parts 16, of batman and Robin. yeah uh, yeah nice huh it's good burnham too nathan fairbairn the coloring on this mm-hmm. is like pretty insane and also i think this has got to be like i love chris burnham and i love chris burnham all through batman incorporated justin we were, not, we were looking at chris burnham's art on tuesday when yeah, an ad came in, and you had said something to the effect of like his art is like I forget what you said, but I totally agree with it. I just I said it in another way, but you know, I I like his old style better. He I don't want to say he's gotten worse, but he's chosen to do different things with his art. And to me, it looks like even more grimy, sketchy, dirty, and more like spawny you know just like it's grimy and dirtier and hairier on every part of it the lines seem hairier you know? yeah no i i totally agree it's almost kind of that like riley rossimo thing like a different yeah. look but it is evolved like i think that those artists and i think nick patera also, like they all have kind of embraced and caricaturized their art whereas here it feels to me, and I don't mean to pres- prescribe uh, orient or goal to him, but to me here, it feels a lot more like closer to quietly. And then there's sure. scenes in this particular issue where it feels like they're trying to maintain continuity, be- maintain continuity between uh, Paquette's art. So like the shots of Scorpiana in this issue look like they're colored much more like Yannick Paquette did. I even thought like there were some pages by him. And then I thought it was really interesting for the Batwoman that is not old Batwoman, but modern Batwoman, they even like on the coloring of her, they make it look at, at times like J.H. Williams the third. Oh, her hair looks just like J.H. Williams' hair. Yeah, the shot of her like about to punch with the green background looks mm-hmm. like exactly that kind of like trying to, which I think is interesting and not necessary, but was a really cool 
sort of connection to the way that that woman had been represented in comics because she hadn't been around for more than a year or a year and a half before this. Do we know no. if this is the same colorist? Because um, that was that was the feeling that I got also that that, that section had the same. Maybe colors. it was. I actually checked to see if it switched colorists mid-issue and it doesn't. Nathan Fairbairn is like my favorite colorist. I don't know where he's gone recently. I don't see him, his name around as much, but I loved his work in this. That's like the guy that I recognize like, oh, colorists are important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is like really a pretty incredible instance of that. I think this issue was maybe the first time I had seen that thing that I've seen several times since then, which is a comic book trying to make it look like it's an older comic book. And this probably isn't the first time it ever happened, but like this, and then there was some Deadpool flashback issues and then like hip hop family tree did it. Um, and other things have done, but that way of like, it's everywhere. Yeah. Django, what is, what is it that they've, they've got all the dots in it? It's got all oh, the, the dots, the halftone dots. Are those halftone dots? Yeah. These are, these are actual halftone dots. Yeah. Um, they're, they're much less like that zip yeah, so it's it's uh, full color halftone dots, which are like little they, they call them rosettes, and uh, it's CMY cyan, magenta, yellow, and black combining and kind of mushing together together in your eyes to create all the colors. Yeah, I love when they can mix together like that um, and, <laughs> and really kind of just overwhelm your senses to the point where you're not even able to see the small docs or or measure them. Well, yeah, and that's all that they're doing here is they're blowing those dots up bigger right. so that so that you can see them without uh, a magnifying glass. Okay, Django, since you do know a wealth about printing, um, how, mon- how many times do you think bigger those dots are in this to make us clearly notice them than when they're actually being employed as the way that printing requires oh gosh, it? I would say on modern comics, it's probably 130 dots per inch in a normal page and i'll bet that these are closer to 85 dots per inch okay okay just so like not not quite double the size Um, i think i think it's like such an interesting effect that immediately elicits this feeling of an older thing i love it but i don't like i don't have the vocabulary to know exactly why it's making me feel that way well and they're not they're not using it strictly here like on uh on the page where there's the the Batman shouting at at Batwoman, and uh, the dude tied up on the scales of justice, you can see Batman's costume Love is solid blue, but his arm has those halftone dots, and yeah. uh, the solid blue is kind of a cheat there. Okay, okay. To, make it, okay. to make it pop differently from from the halftone dots. I feel like the color palette is in these flashback scenes are also pretty reminiscent of the 60s. Like oranges and purples were more common in that, you know, especially bad guys wore like ugly orange, purple uh, um, kind of stuff. I felt like it, it really did look like a, some of these characters look like a metamorpho or something. Like it looks like oh, a, 60s, that's a yeah, yeah. 60s book. And, you and know, part of that is actually uh, printing limitations as well. Um, because uh, they were using fewer colors to make all the colors that we see. Modern comics don't just use C, M, Y, and K. They use like six or eight or ten colors to create a bunch of a bunch more rich colors. So the colorists in the early comics were limited to 
200 different colors to choose from and now they've got thousands that makes me think of just like the batman zero r costume in rip versus the pictures that you see of originally and they're much more like the iconic yellow and an iconic yeah. red whereas like r in rip has like it's it's a it's a deep banana yellow you know that's a yeah. that's a almost full like right banana it's like a runt colored yellow yeah, exactly <laughs> um the, yeah the, the coloring and the lighter effect of it justin you made me realize that it, you know those like Zyrtec commercials or whatever where it's like or a clearest or it's like an allergy thing you're watching a commercial in like oh. two seconds and they they peel the thing off and you're like whoa i didn't realize i was looking at things with the wrong color um, so I, i've always loved that that was a lot of conversation about the art in a story that i think could have a two-hour conversation about what this is and as i was reading this it made me realize you know i Oh, I mean, not realize. I know this about myself, but I am definitely a Batman story reader. And I think I'm surrounded by three people, with the exception of today, because Roman's not here. Three people that are like Batman readers. Like, I, I don't, there's just like, I don't know 50 years of Batman stuff. Like, mm -hmm. um, this Earth 2 and the different Kane. I'm sitting here, I'm like, okay, so there's Katie Kane, there's Cassandra Kane solomon kane and there's two kane families i think there's yeah two different kane families that have like, existed i don't i don't i need i need one of the big boys to tell me about all of these things i was like reading annotations and stuff from this issue and i have so many like so many more notes than i've normally had on one of these <laughs> issues because all of the throwbacks to these you know, these issues within continuity and how Morrison kind of refits or rephrases a couple things. Um, but all of that, like, you know, I, this, there's another shout out scene, Justin, to like the them glowing, going to that alien planet, which I, I have to, love it. Yeah. Um, the yellows in this book. Ugh. Yeah. Like, but even that scene, I was like, Oh, I remember, I remember seeing that, and I know that's a shout-out to when they, like, go to Earth 2. There's a bunch of aliens. Um, Batman 153. Uh, yeah. On, on which page? Um, the big double-page spread that shows – and I love the double-page spreads in this issue, but there's the double-page <clears> spread <throat> that shows, like, at the bottom, it shows her realizing that Dr. Daedalus is her father. Oh, okay. And the middle one is that specific scene from that issue where – uh, like they are taken to this alien planet. And, and I think Justin has described it as the one where at the end they're like separated. Mm -hmm. These golden shots here. And I, I can't keep track of it, but I, Justin, is that right? I think that's what you, you had said is like this, this issue here is the one, because there's a flashback to that scene right. in the like closer to RIP or before RIP. Right. I think that this monstrous thing is actually from the issue that Batman goes to that foreign planet. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that's the only thing that I recognize it from is I think it's actually a monster from a comic in the 60s. Um. Yeah, what a... So, okay, so yeah, just a second. Let's get, let's get into this issue. Let's, um, let's just uh, let's start at the beginning here. We get... I remember this issue because it's got the images of Dr. Daedalus sitting on the, the thing, and I just think those are so iconic images, mm -hmm. but we start to learn a little bit more about that character that was introduced in the previous issue. What is modern Batwoman's name? Kate. Kate, Kate Kane. Kate and Kane. then the original Batwoman is Ka Kathy Kane. Okay. So and then we've got Cassandra Kane is the awesome Batgirl. But that's spelled yeah. differently. 
they're, yeah, they're that's not related. The, that's oh, the, yeah, that's C-A-I-N. Yeah. yeah, that's the Assassin Kane family. Which I think at one point was trying to be the old Kane family, but then they distinguished it. Okay, that makes sense. They just sense. rewrote it and spelt it a different way and made them more evil, and then they split the family names. Because I'm thinking, like, Batman writers, maybe a different family name would be helpful if they're a different family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I'm sure one of our listeners will correct me, but I'm pretty sure at one point there was just the Canes, and then when they wanted to do the more darker Kane stuff, they split the name off. And made them uh, Asian? Um, well, Cassandra's mom is Asian. Okay. Okay. But he, Daddy Kane is like this horrible assassin, and he's just like a big, brawny, white-haired, cable-looking guy, minus <laughs> the, like he's just your big, angry, older guy who's jacked. And then Cassandra Kane's mom is Lady Shiva, I think. Yes. Or a, a yes. Famous, yeah, yeah. Yeah, deceased taught me that. Wait, is her dad the bad guy from Robin, the first Robin miniseries? I think he might be. Okay. That Kane is a dick that's like a 90s dickhead that they tried to... like the snake with. tattoos. Wait, I thought... Wait, so there's a whole dick family as well? I thought there was just the one dick. Yeah, <laughs> Dick Grayson. Grayson. Dick, dick, dick. And, and that guy's just a big dick. Dick, yeah. dick, dick, dick. <laughs> Floppy dick. In, in this issue, though, we have Kate Kane, modern Batwoman, is investigating... Uh, Johnny Valentine. Johnny Valentine. This book with this issue was actually originally supposed to come out in February, but had been delayed a little bit. So I don't know if that's like a Valentine's (laughs) Day now. But she's chasing down Johnny Valentine because she has heard from someone. I can't. Her her crew is telling her you got to go do this because there's these three blind orphans that have been kidnapped. So she's there trying to solve this mystery. But she's at Kane's colossal carnival, and as we're there in modern day, we then get these flashbacks, and this tells an origin of Kate Kane, who got recruited by Spiral, Agent 33, who we later find out in this issue is El Gaucho. And she's Clark Cable. Yeah. She's hired to... Ultimately, it seems like she's supposed to find out Batman's identity, infiltrate the bats. But she's also kind of Mm -hmm. an adrenaline junkie. And her husband has died, who bought her this carnival and... She sees Batman and she's like, I want to join that crew. That's a good crew. Ultimately does. She is brilliant and a badass and she trains and does all this stuff. And She's like so smart and talented that life is inherently boring for her. So she has to do all these kinds of crazy things to try to like stimulate that libidinal rush. Yeah. That, uh, that life force rush. She ultimately does it, teams up with Batman, they fall in love, she kind of alienates Robin. I, I really liked the bit about Robin just like, well, now it's not special. Like, if anyone gets to do this, I actually, <laughs> we look kind of dumb, don't we? We're just people in costumes jumping around. Like, if anyone can do this, I, I really liked that scene with Alfred there. But that relationship is torn apart. She appears to die, but we learn that that's a probably a fake death because our batwoman opens reopens the murder of uh kathy kane in this issue batman and goucher are supposed to be fighting in this death trap batman uses the the justin knuckles is what we i always think of them as to to break gaucho's justice knuckles justin Justice knuckles (laughs) gaucho is saying that he was formerly with kathy kane too and like recruited her and was he maybe the cause of her death? Is that what they're I interpreted exposing? is like he's the cause of her death because he recruited her to Spiral and being a part right. of Spiral is what caused her to die. 
Right. But that's being wagered against Bruce Wayne to piss him off as like a, a tool to try to get him to kill Gaucho. Yeah. Um, so they're all, those three stories are pretty interconnected, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. And there's this like the flashback scene of like Batman and old Batwoman getting some poison gas. So maybe this thing is a hallucination where they go see these aliens or maybe it's not. But then she escapes. She goes to find out that Dr. Daedalus is her father. He was a master spy for the Nazis. His name is Otto Netz. And we all know that Roman is a big fan of the name Otto. And mm-hmm. I wish he were here for that. Let's see here. He's a big fan of Nets, too. He's also a big fan of Nets. So then we've got our Batwoman fighting old Batwoman. Turns out that's not old Batwoman, but we're reopening the murder. And uh, then we get a scene where Batman's about to go beat up the sombrero. Scorpiona was with her. I really like the dialogue where she's like, there was a time you and I might have escaped together and shared again the passion we used to know as lovers, but I'm afraid I must leave you to the mercy of our enemies, my darling. He says, give my regards to the maestro, you venomous bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And she dips out, and then Batman takes him out. But um, there's the broad strokes of this issue, but mostly it's like an examination of Kathy Kane, a character I know very, very little about. But Justin, I know you're very fond of this issue, that, like, the Earth 2 stuff, the creation of Earth 2, just, like, you know, fixed continuity. You've mentioned events of this issue you know, much earlier in the podcast is just things that you remember. Um, yeah. So I will be, I'm going to, I'm going to be second fiddle to you more informed bat, uh, long time, long time batters. I don't know if I'm necessarily more informed. Like this stuff was just stuff that like, when I was just like collecting books to collect books, this was the oldest stuff I could get my hands on in relatively beat up condition for cheap. Right. Um, and I realized like, something about the colors and the inherent kind of foolishly psychedelic era of earth two really appealed to me. So I had this big, you know, the kind of uh, thing you do when you're like a vain misfit, when you want to like, not like the main character. So you find the most obscure shit to be your own. And so I just like went off trying to find every earth two thing. And then mind that for like, if I were to do a Batman story, my thing would be like my own version of earth too and incorporating that. So I haven't read as much as I've like read about or like just went out and sought out issues that like, Oh, Kathy Kane's first appearance, which I don't think I ever got. I have an interesting tidbit for the two of you. And I hope you did it. I love tidbits. Kane's colossal carnival first appeared in freedom fighters 14 for a two issue arc where it was invaded by aliens co-starring both barbara gordon batgirl and the kathy kane batwoman who'd recently been introduced to modern continuity out of retirement in the pages of batman family she un- mm. owned an unnamed carnival there it was probably the same as kane's colossal it's unclear whether the carnival is set up in gotham right now it was originally in provincetown massachusetts according to freedom fighters 14 what uh, did go ahead no i was just say what the fuck <laughs> like why freedom fighters why is like <laughs> why? and why is it kkk oh you're right that's i mean not the best alliteration however i was reading that for whatever reason there is like a huge threes and kathy kane like go 
in together there's like this weird repetitive metaphor that's consistent with her where even in her like first appearance like it was robin talking about a dynamic trio so okay awesome because i was that that's something i was waiting to talk about in this issue is that this issue is full of threes is it and there's and it's three stories in one it's three narrative pieces the batman piece the captain kane piece and the uh batwoman piece Yeah. yeah and it's it's so it's three kids getting ready to drown it's three marines three 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 people who got snipered um there's there there's three people even on the last page there's three dudes in umbrellas standing next to the smoke guy yeah who i think they're on the first page too right or maybe not uh, no they're not they're, they're not on there and it's also three like the relationships are mostly in threes also whether it's batman batwoman robin or Batman, Robin, Alfred. Like, you, you can make a whole bunch of different three combinations. Kathy Kane, Kate Kane, and her military dad, Alfred guy. Dude, yeah. that's awesome. So I, I read in these notes about this issue that, like, somebody talking about the importance of three related to Kathy Kane, and I was like, I didn't pick up any of those, so I didn't include it in my notes here, and now you both clearly have, so I, I should look at it again. Hmm. Love it. Um, small thing, El Sombrero's base, uh, like the cameras, everything has all of like the cameras. Um, and there's one other thing in here. They all have the brand Damrung on it, D-A-M-R-U-N-G, which is mm-hmm. the same company that like in Final Crisis 2, when the fire dude is videotaping Martian Manhunter being killed, it's also uh. that company, which is probably just like it sounds like Samsung. But I love that, like, throughout a bunch of Morrison comics, there's technology by the brand Damrung, which is also just like, is there just this knockoff Samsung out there somewhere that is just providing technology to bad guys? <laughs> it sounds like a like a German, uh, like a like a German spy, like a Nazi kind of name. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Um, Django, you had said something that I agree, which is the issue before this one. You're like, was that like harder to track than it maybe <laughs> should have been? And, and, and you're like, I hate saying that to Jeff or Justin, cause it sounds like I'm just doing this Morrison thing of like, did we jump a lot in that? But I was like, no, we talked about that episode. Like, I also thought it was much like a bit harder to track than it should have been just to like get through mm-hmm. it. This one, I think for my own just sort of lack of knowledge about this character like kathy kane specifically what is a or old story and what is not an old story like mm-hmm. for sure my first time reading this i had no idea about any of this stuff at all uh so i'm curious like you two reading this what you know was it confusing now or was it confusing originally and you know more now to not be confused by like not that it was like super confusing <clears throat> but i did you know I, I thought that there was more for me to get after reading this issue and looking into it than I got through actually reading it. Well, that's the case in every one of these Grant Morrison issues, right? Like some cliff notes or some, some annotations really help with the context. I had an easier time with this issue than I did with the last issue. Mm -hmm. And the last one, maybe, maybe it was just the structure. Like this is kind of structured and gives you those clues that it's going to be, multiple stories happening at once and you better you better tune in and that last one didn't give me those clues so it was i was kind of jumpy like a comic and i was getting something a little more heady than i wanted 
I think for the just the purposes of the story structure is like in the overall plot of Batman Inc. I think that Morrison is just taking segments from Earth 2 Kathy Kane stuff throughout the history and providing a patch for her to make sense in this continuity while also tying her to Spiral to give a secret history of Spiral. I think that's the whole purpose of this issue is to provide a patch to have Kathy Kane as our like viewpoint into the spiral conspiracy and validating it as being something old and ancient or not ancient but integral to the history of batman so then uh, continuity question for you do you so there was kathy kane and all these crazy adventures and they were like we got to make an earth two and did they mm -hmm. move her to earth two and take her out of main continuity for a good while i believe so i believe so because I know on Earth 2, Batman and Kathy Kane have a daughter. Is that and that's, Huntress or is that... That's Catwoman? the very first, okay. very first Huntress. Okay. Um, and she didn't get ported back into Earth 1 until later and given a different origin. But she first showed up in Earth 2. So is um, this issue saying that Earth 2 stuff wasn't Earth 2 stuff? It was all Earth 1 stuff, but she was involved with spiral and some stuff happened and then she had a fake to right. death. And that's where in actual publication, she was kind of put into a different earth and not in main right. continuity. anywhere. But this is saying, no, she died quote unquote. And there's this conspiracy to explain her disappearance. And she might've even had some kind of hallucinatory transdimensional thing happen, but it's because of this spy technology. And the reason why she's this like um, hole in Batman continuity is that there was this organization specifically organizing her in and out and that explains why she's featured and not featured throughout batman history um and i think that's lens uh, uh giving that as like spirals mod like level of control also allows spiral to seem super powerful like these right. people in ba batman's old continuity is actually pawns of spiral backcasting in that so it explains these missing things in continuity is actually control of this larger organization so Spiral first appeared in Batman this Incorporated issue. number four. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He That's, shows up in King's Run. I mean, King's Run is all built off of that. The the, the Grayson stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. And a spiral. Oh. Is just a broken and stretched out Ouroboros. It's also, ah, I forget the actual math of it, but I can't remember if the golden ratio, if extended forever, is a spiral, or if, I believe that it is, but I could be wrong. It would be some sort of spiral, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe kind of awkward, ovalish one, but... Um, yeah, and it's a snake who can't quite get his tail. Yeah, 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 I keep missing my <laughs> tail. All of this fucking acid weren't in my system. <laughs> I am the snake trying to eat its own tail. So, do you guys... In the, flashbacks of katie kane's here uh when it shows like her outside the gotham you know movie theater thing and it says dcu and cba proudly present winner world premiere winner one night only i was like I wonder what that's about that seems like a weird thing but i read that winner that the dcu and cba are a reference to um a british comics charity that auctioned off a guest appearance in this issue the winner Aldrin Stoya got to appear here at this opening with the marquee being a nod to the contest. Is that him having the gun pointed at him? I, uh, I bet so, but like they because that saying, felt pretty out of place. Or Aldrin, yeah, Aldrin Stoya. So yeah, they auctioned yeah. off. Yeah, so I was like, that's really clear text for 
an asinine side thing, but I, I actually yeah. think that's pretty cool then. And the panel of the battering going into the gun in his face is clearly like, hey, pay attention to his face. This is a very sparse panel. You yeah, know? you're right. That's very like not photo reference looking, but it's a clear enough face that like, I bet it's a dude's face. Yeah. Well, and, and look at the, the dialogue in the first panel, Mr. Stoya this way, wait a minute, explain how I got here one more time. Uh, no, yes. Are you kidding? How could you forget your work for charity, Aldrin? Smile and wave. Nice. So he donated <laughs> to charity and got, okay. That's, I think that's really cool. Yeah, that is cool. Do you notice the three spotlights outside of the theater? Oh, yeah. nice. Not, not that I know that this is a usage of the threes, but I really liked on the following page, the one where Batman is accusatorily pointing at uh, old Batwoman, the, the nine panel grid style sequence of Robin, like grabbing the glove for Ace to <laughs> chew on and complaining to Alfred. And the background is static and they're moving through these panels. And like mm-hmm. Alfred is there. I just, I, I loved that series of three panels. It's so much goofier than the tone of the other parts of this book too. Like, it's very cartoonish when Robin like runs up and sees them, you know, making out. Yeah, making out in the the old sixties Batmobile. Uh, okay, guess so, what, Robin? We're going to be a Bat family. <laughs> what does Robin mean when he says like I didn't know she was using circus slang that first time? Good question. First, first of those three panels, those three panels. Oh, he says uh, like I didn't know. I think he's saying yeah. like I did know. Like I didn't know that. Yeah, but where right. does she use it? Is that not in this issue? Maybe it's not. I just assumed that that's how she speaks because she's from, like, there's an accent from the circus. And, you know, we've established that Dick can pick up on that because he's a circus brat. I wonder if she just doesn't say anything. She says, Batwoman to the rescue. Good to know I've helped more, uh, helped one more crook to see the light. And then she leaves. And all she says is ridiculous. No man, maybe. Yeah, I wonder if it's earlier in the issue or maybe a different issue. You well, know, but that's that's the first time that they meet her. In that scene right there. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. when she saves the day. That, that's when she stay, saves Mr. Stoya. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess he didn't write it in vernacular, but maybe it's just that she has this accent. But yeah, he says slang as well, which is different than having like a dialect. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess... I didn't look too carefully at that one as much as I was just like, probably she said something circusy at some point and, and Robin mm-hmm. is feeling inadequate. Like I can do that too. Right. right. But it would have been maybe better to actually have a moment where she said something that sounded kind of cockney or didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And Robin doesn't trust her, which I right. think is uh, an awesome sign to Dick's detective skills. Cause she, she legit- legitimately can't be trusted, you know? Yeah. Uh, okay. Why can't she be trusted? She's a spy. Okay, so he, he, so, so like, yeah, without knowing this character at all, I was sort of trying to assign motivation of like, does she want, you know, like she, it's that classic, like she was hired by this crew to go infiltrate Batman and figure out who he is. But also it sounds like, yeah, she wanted to do this anyway, just from like looking at that TV report, she's like, dang, I want to do that. And then falls in love with him. So yeah, trying to assign her motivation is a thing. Cause this is just like my only experience with this character is in this Morrison run. Uh, yeah, I don't think you need old experience. Yeah, like, yeah. I think he's just rewriting her as a new person. But yeah, I think, yeah, I just, I don't have any, yeah. Oof. I think that Robin is just picking up, like it's exposing that Robin was on to something suspicious about her and she's mm-hmm. not as, and as a kid who's like jealous of someone moving in on his 
father figure um, as a kid is of his stepmom. But I think it's also a credence to like Robin sniffing something about her that isn't quite right, which, you know, she is in love with Bruce. She does want to start a bat family, but at the same time, she's this double agent, which right. Morrison has now put I love that here. she's 10 years older than Bruce too. I do too. Uh, and I love that, like, you know, she's saying, like, man, how I got to stop doing this. How Is there any chance, like, an old woman can actually keep doing this? And, like, yeah, I like that just internal struggle of a character that would exist in this run. And I also really like, you know, the scene, like you said, Justin, how cartoonish it is with Robin walking and seeing them making out in the back car. But it speaks to, like, Morrison's just, like, all of this stuff happened at different times. And at this time in Batman's life, he was way more of just kind of a joke. You know, like, he... Right. He was lay, way less efficient, way less serious. Bad shit hadn't happened yet. So, yeah, maybe he would just make out in a car. Like, it's so different than the Bruce in this issue as well, fighting El Gaucho, right? Like, it's mm-hmm. hard to discern that they would even possibly be the same person. Like, yeah, he goes from dancing on the rooftops to, like, you know, this. he's pretty intimidating when he's talking shit to Gaucho. Like, I just disabled everything with something less than a cell phone less sophisticated than a cell phone and i'm coming to get you like that's a different guy than the guy who's like parading around in a blue costume dancing on a rooftop right right dude the scene where they're doing the tango of death on the the ceiling the roof i don't know exactly how that ties in to scorpiana doing it with gaucho i guess this girl knew gaucho maybe gaucho taught her tango yeah maybe gaucho taught her or taught scorpiana after this yeah but that double page spread when she does have the time like the statement where she's you know deciding to leave and the background of it like disintegrates into just like penciled in a white background i just think that both of them are drawn shittier too yeah i love love that. that panel and I also think it's interesting how much uh, young Dick looks like Damien just because Chris Burnham draws kids with giant heads. <laughs> yeah. And I love the theme of the dance of death. Like it was in the first volume. It's in this one. You know, I, I don't know. I felt like I said there was something that was similar to it. Oh, um, El Penitente is about a ballet about death. Like that's mm-hmm. where the name comes from. So there's this theme of the dance of death um, in every volume. Hmm. Here's another three when she's training, she's beating up three dudes. Yeah. Mm. And I'll bet that you could trace K's all over that. Oh, that's, you're right. That does look like that. I think, I mean, I just kind of keep coming back to how much I fucking love the art in this issue and like what a stellar initial outing for Burnham, like Batman Robin 16 was, and this is, and it's, I'm excited for it to become the primary art in the book like it does. And I'm interested just like even as the series moves on, like by the the last handful of issues of this series, like he is leaning way more into that grotesque caricature things. Like Bruce Wayne is just like a giant pile of muscle, but not in like a Tony Daniels way, like a right. 1940s cartoon sort of way or something. Is it is it anything like uh, the stacked sausages of John Romita? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ye old stacked sausage of John Romita Jr. Uh, and th- this guy who's on the first and last panel, the first first panel and, and last page, is he he's kind of the end point at uh, for a big story, right? He's dead lettuce. Yeah, he's the okay the master. He's Otto Nets, the Nazi spy. That's the, Kathy the King's okay. Agent Zero. Yeah, okay, cool. And I think he's kind of a 006 to Batman's 007, like formerly the world's smartest most dangerous detective with a network 
that can okay. control him. Like I think uh, he's a little bit like Ra's al Ghul. Like he's a, a rival to Batman with resources and intelligence. And he just really likes penguins. Yeah. One thing I learned in looking at this issue about Kathy Kane, because again, I don't don't know anything about her. Um, but she died. Like her death originally was at the hands of Sensei who there was he was competing to run the league of assassins with Ra's al ghul and then he was the one that killed her and my only other experience with the character sensei is in resurrection of Ra's al ghul which is also in this run so in looking at it, i was just like oh weird like sensei has been brought up multiple times in this run at this point hmm. which was interesting to me i mean i think yeah oh what i would say i think would maybe spoil some stuff oh, so yeah, say, yeah, but... yeah. But um excited for Sensei to get back in here. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys feel like Bruce is, like after rereading these issues, I feel like Bruce is a lot more serious and he's like performing at a higher level since he's been back. Like he's very like, okay, I'm gonna build robots, I'm gonna recruit these people, I I'm never taking my eyes off the prize and like he's talking more than I feel like Bruce talked in other ones. And he's like threatening a lot more, you know, like he said, you wasted your budget and I'm coming to get you. And further on in this run, Bruce makes a lot more pointed, like I'm in control. You guys are outclassed kind of, of statements. Like I, I remember that Bruce is like really a lot more confident in a lot more, like just kind of brutal. And I feel like maybe that comes from his, like, he kind of leveled up in this yeah. whole return of Bruce Wayne thing. Like he's, he's not a demigod, but he's functioning at like an optimal human level. And he's had this prophecy of everything falling to shit. And so I feel like he's, he's written in a way that is coherent or consistent with that. Like this is a Bruce who legitimately thinks he has like a grasp on taking down crime. I you think know? it could, totally. be it could also yeah. be kind of the, um, like the, the references to the Adam West Batman. That's kind of my thought was like, I kept reading this as like, you've wasted your budget and I'm coming. You know, like Justin, sometimes we were like read co- comics back in the day. I'll be like, I don't get oh, this yeah. until I read it like a hardened cup. And then God, I suddenly get this. Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the vibe I get from him, which was like leaning into this sort of 60s, 70s machismo. But I, I also sure. think that like he is uber competent you know, like yeah. his, his, his finger is on the pulse for all, of the, for all of this stuff. But some of that dialogue at times, I'm like, you know, like so serious to the guy. point of yeah. being ham-fisted. Yeah, I just, there's a lot more of that in this run than it was in the last time we saw Bruce. For sure. In for sure. Like, he's doing a lot more like threatening and sounding like a badass. Yeah. You know, you know the, other, the other big thing that I noticed that is sort of Adam Westy is that each one of these issues has had like a, like at the end, the flies are in the web. The monster yeah. squats in its maze of death. Yeah, Two yeah, days. like movie titles. Same bat time, same bat channel. Yeah, I really like at the end on the on that same page you're referencing here. But the top has a repeated image of uh, Doctor Daedalus at the the Falk Falk Islands, Faulkner, Falk, the Falkers, the islands. Oh. The, yeah, the whatever those islands we identified in the previous episode um, that he's sitting there, but wrapped in his tattered cloak of smoke, the terrible old man will conclude his vision for the future, his epic of death and betrayal, mutilation, genocide, and cruelty. But snow, he will say, that means he is on his way. And on that panel, like it's starting to rain a little bit. I think it's maybe 
supposed to be snow or something. Uh, I, but I, I don't know what snow is, and I'm curious. I is think that it's nuclear winter? Nuclear winter. Cause, okay, because it says most days snow does, does. Most days it doesn't snow on cue. I think it's referencing that he's Drops planning this. Yeah, planning this war that will end in nuclear annihilation. And yeah, they say like it's going to blow up half the earth or something. Yeah. Yes. Also, then, then immediately they show snow on the TV screens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, 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 okay. Nice snow connection. I like that his cape guys, is drawn with smoke, for whatever that means. Loved his character design since the moment I saw him, and I don't quite understand his character. Like, I really love him. He is very shadowy, and I don't think he's ever fully explained in this run. Like, we see him featured, he's more prominent, but I don't think we ever get, like, a full satisfying like this guy is this uh, right i remember what happens at the end with him um but i i totally agree about the character design like these giant fly eyes mm-hmm. are horrible and, teeth and i in that scene on the double page spread that has the three rows that has you know the first two rows are a bunch of references to actual comics like you know batman 153 uh but He's in his room of just all red, and it reminds me of in the Black Glove arc when uh, Doctor Hurt is being Mangrove Pierce in that red room with all the murder, and like oh, yeah. Daedalus is just sitting in this black room with a giant red screen casting red light everywhere, and and, and uh, spider webs all over. Yeah, everything. just a motif motif the dude's into. Yeah, and his desk is red and black. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he I don't know he like. He's got this smoke cape that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. He's this spy. He's this old Nazi. He's he's almost quasi supernatural. Like he doesn't seem exactly like a normal human. Like, like a Scott Snyder know. character. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, do you think that he's the father of Kathy Kane? Like that's mentioned here. She seems to believe it and wants to deny it. Um, what do you What do you guys think? I think it could be Morrison trying to do that as well as I, he's a known for a, being notoriously like a liar and a manipulator mm-hmm. and a, a weaver of webs and webs are, you know, stories He's a storyteller. So I think he could just be head fucking her as yeah. well. Yeah. I, I remember getting to the end of his arc and just being completely confused and deciding that it wasn't worth my life to go figure it out. Like that, that was, that was my relationship with the guy on the Island. Yeah. yeah, I know there's some time stuff that happens at the end with the guy on the island. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't even quite remember it. I'm, I'm excited to get there and have you guys explain it to me in small words. It's like my goal to figure <laughs> out more about this guy because I really like him, but I remember feeling kind of like I didn't get his whole shtick throughout yeah. the the run. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember when the end of his stuff happens. Like, is the end of his stuff? in the second volume of Batman Inc., or does it happen in, like, Leviathan Strikes? It happens in Leviathan Strikes in one way, and then there's some fallout throughout the run. Okay. There's, like, one particular cobwebby scene that I am remembering from my past. I love that we're uh, in volume three reading about Kate Kane. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, you're just glad that... three. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I uh, I feel like there's kind of a, a... Like how this is a total departure from Batman and Robin and Batman R.I.P. I mm-hmm. almost feel like 
the second half of this story is a departure from this stuff too. Like there's another left turn coming that that's where I'm like, why does Otto net slash Dr. Deadlitis, like where does he fit into this larger picture of things? Cause right now we're facing like a potential geopolitical fallout and like a, a war of three, three factions, another three mm-hmm. um, that might end in like a nuclear confrontation and spiral and that stuff comes into play towards the absolute very end of the run. But we get a large departure from even this stuff as as we kind of meet the main thread of, of the thing. So I'm curious to see how those two things are interwoven because they seem almost like two separate trajectories and villains. And there is some overlap in the like last final moment of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like connective tissue, but I... I felt like that wasn't satisfying back in the day. And I hope mm. with new eyes, I can spot more, more, more webbing. Yeah. More I, web I, feet. I, I totally agree. By the last like 10 issues of Batman incorporated, I really did feel like I was a part of the story and understood the road that we were on towards the end, but I didn't feel that way for the first half of Batman incorporated. So I'm excited to actually be reading it. And cause like this book was delayed a bunch. I think that's kind of why sure. Chris Burnham got brought on is that Yannick Paquette couldn't Fucking quite keep 52. up. Yeah. And, and then all of that. So yeah, I am um, very excited to see that stuff. It does look like, yeah, Leviathan strikes does tie some, some of the two things together, but Man, can't wait can to get there. Imagine how many butts would have been in the foreground if Yannick Paquette had drawn this issue? <laughs> so many butts. Three butts, <laughs> actually. It would be three, three butts. butts. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the three-cheek butt. Um, I, 33 my, butts. 99 <laughs> butts. <laughs> one of my favorite panels in this is when Batwoman comes out of the, the tunnel of fear or whatever. She cobwebs. She's knocking uh, the old Batwoman uh off the off the cart with a bone i just I, I love how kind of cartoony and like she just got socked in the jaw so her whole body's falling backwards and yeah you're that's, right that's yeah. like a classic flintstones smack yeah you know yeah flintstones kind of thing yeah i was really surprised to see it in here like th- there's some darkness and some serious seriousness that's mounting even though this is a pretty goofy issue and that defeat is such a like cartoony defeat. I love it. It's such a cool shot. But I was like kind of thrown off by that. Doesn't yeah. the, the is is the woman under the wig on that page? Doesn't she look a lot like Kate Kane? Doesn't Kate Kane have like short red hair? Oh yeah. At one point she does like yeah. She shaves her head and she's got like short. Yeah, like yeah. Arcane. I don't know if that's after this. In Leviathan Strikes, in the issue with Stephanie Brown, this person, um, their identity is revealed. They're kind okay, of a nobody. So they're just like a, a gymnast something. Okay, cool. Yeah, she's a, a hired hand, essentially. But I think there is stuff going on with girls, too, that is exposed. Yeah, like Leviathan women, women, Strikes. Women soldiers, yeah. I remember loving that issue. Absolutely loving that issue. So I'm excited to get back. I didn't really know who that. Stephanie Brown was at the time. So I remember not really caring about the first half because it was like two issues. Like the first half is Stephanie Brown. The second half is then the Burnham Leviathan stuff. And uh, I'm excited to actually have any idea who Stephanie Brown is this time and reread it. Stephanie. Oh my God. Three syllables, dude. Bruh, I, think, I, I think Batman Incorporated... 
oh, I almost want to say Batman Incorporated. I feel like your enjoyment in that can be increased a bit more with a larger Batman IQ than the other stuff. I, I like in the original Batman, the, like the first two thirds of this run, I didn't have a huge Batman history but I was still able to be a part of it. And the stuff that was references or whatever didn't like, it felt like I was missing something. But in this one, I, I, you know, there were like, I guess like the Kathy Canes and the Stephanie Browns and some of these other side characters. I was just like, Oh, I should know something about these characters. And I don't at all, like not even knowing if Batwoman is a earth one or earth two or what that is, or like, is that supposed to be the Batwoman? I know, but like from the, like just how they, like I, I, I'm able to understand much more of this now than I was back then. Yeah, I wonder if if that's um, one of the fundamental differences in how you read this stuff and how I read this stuff. Because I read it and I'm like, oh, that like cool. I, I didn't understand that, and that's that. And you are better at like kind of going in and and trying to find out why you didn't understand. Well, but like that, like this issue. 10 years ago when I read it or whatever, it was like, it was, it was like, okay, there's a Batwoman. I haven't been reading this Batwoman comic, but she's got red hair. Is this older looking Batwoman that's showing up supposed to be the same Batwoman or is it a disguise? Or is it like an older continuity version of this Batwoman? Cause like at that point it was like, you know, I was only slightly more ingratiated than the idea of like telling someone that there's four Robins and then being like, what? There's just the one Robin, as far as I know. Um, so, like, for me, at that point, I was really like, okay, so Batgirl and Batwoman are different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it, was, it, was, it wasn't even like, oh, like, there's a puzzle I need to solve. It was more like, oh, I need to understand how many Batwomen there are, what year it was that, like, where has she been? What, how many Earths are there? What did final, mm-hmm. like, what did Crisis on Infinite Earths do to continuity? Right. You know, all of these different things were things I didn't know anything about at the time. You know, one thing I would have liked more to, to have a little bit more of in this issue is Robin and Batgirl's relationship. Because we get like a, a panel and a mention. And I, I think I think like an extra page that gives us a little more insight into that Batman, Batwoman, Robin, Batgirl relationship would have been interesting. Well, like Justin said, like, I think, you know, having that opportunity be taken to show what a great detective Dick is, is, Mm -hmm. is awesome. And yeah, I would have loved maybe just give me two panels of a conversation where the three of them have been having, but she says something that like stands out to Robin as like maybe a red flag, but not standing out to Batman or something like, yeah, well, not standing out to Batman because all the blood isn't in his brain where it belongs. It's in his, he's a sinner. Otherwise he's just trying to, he's just trying to thogle. Oh, I'm just trying to thogle over here, buddy. All right, everyone. Well, listen, this is Batman in Quarantine 67, I bet. Um, you know, the internet crapped out in the middle of it. It's three buddies still, you know, living, loving, bathing together. Um, but unless anybody has anything else, we're probably ready to get out of here, right? I like this issue. I do yeah. too. Justin, did you like it as much as your original read-through of it? Because I know, like, I know you love this issue, and you'd mentioned like getting halfway through it a couple days ago and being like, I need to savor this issue. Did it all, it all hit the highs that you, you remembered it to. Yeah. I felt like there was a more, when I read it before, a more like climactic, uh, 
like thesis statement, like, oh, this is what this issue is. And that's not really here. Mm -hmm. But I just love Morrison single issues when he can, you know, he's literally writing three different stories that are the same story. And you're seeing, you know, the, the early gaucho stuff, the Kathy Kane, the conspiracy, like he's doing multiple things at once by feeling like one story. That's my favorite thing about Grant. Like, I just love when he can write multiple things at once. Um, and I just love a single issue. And so he gives you like history. He gives you the plot moving forward as well as he like makes you, he implies a depth to characters you didn't think you cared about. Like, oh, okay, Gaucho's a spiral agent and Kathy Kane was too. And Batman's been fucked with again by another organization his whole life, you know, potentially. And mm. yeah, like all of that. And I just realized that when Batman and Batwoman are stuck in the room and they're having those hallucinations, that is really close to what happened when Batman was in, in the isolation experiment. Right. I almost, yeah, tried to chalk up that being a part of it too, because it's, it's all very similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just more excuses for the golden and silver age to have happened. Yeah. They couldn't all happen in that, in that few days that he was trapped um listen i just we got an email from connor donahue a little bit ago and i just wanted to say connor donahue's the one from scotland our amazing listener yeah. from scotland who's contributed huge amounts to basically every tendril of batman in quarantine at this point but we did every hypothesize spiral. that's better although maybe leviathans have tendrils um hyper adapters definitely do <laughs> and we, ah. we had proposed that maybe Connor was Grant Morrison himself in Scotland. <laughs> Connor did say, sadly, I am not Grant Morrison, or at least not in this lifetime anyway. Maybe next time. Thanks for the kind words. I'm not from Glasgow either, although it's only about 20 minutes away. I have been to the location where Grant and Buddy have their talk in Animal Man, though. Unfortunately, I live even closer to the nuclear naval base that Grant did. The shadow looms large over our lives and his work. The threat of nuclear weapons and general invasion is a trope that opens the narrative in many of his comics. Totally true, especially when we talk about that Grant Morrison talking with God's documentary, and he goes to that area where uh, the nuclear plant that his dad, like, you know, was rallying against and everything. But mm -hmm. super, super cool. Interesting. Interesting, Connor. Um, yeah. I now do to it Scotland. in a Scottish accent, Jeff. Nope, can't do it. Easily done. <laughs> <laughs> um all right everybody uh, just Django, yeah get us out of here whatever you're gonna say I, I just wanted to say that this is episode 58 not 67 i said 57 he said 67 did i yeah. Fuck. <laughs> um all right everybody well shit 58 or is it i don't know um all right everybody we'll see you all soon thanks for joining on behalf of justin Django. jeff we're gone farewell 